0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Rangers Reviews Morning Briefing on Tuesday, the 28th of February. Uh, It's me and Johnny McFarland today. Johnny, it's been a while since the two of us were on. I actually can't remember the last time uh, we were on, but uh, how are you
1: getting on? Recovered from a sickness bug at the weekend? Yes, I wouldn't wish the norovirus on my worst enemy. It was horrendous. So I was out of the game. Out of the game, Josh. Yeah. For a good 36 hours of that, it was uh, not nice. I don't want to give you any more detail than that. Just enough said, everyone's having their breakfast. It was not pretty. We'll just all move on. Yeah, I, I agree. So it, it didn't sound nice, I'll tell everyone that. Um, this video is of
0: course brought to you by our great sponsors at Seneca. As everyone knows, the number one place for hair restoration in the whole of Europe. They've helped over 43,000 people today. Uh, lots of information on their youtube channel all the links are in the description if you want to just know a bit more about what that involves and um, they've got lots of content on there if you're thinking about it Seneca is your place to go um, and as well just a reminder to s- subscribe to us on youtube and as ever subscribe to the website to support our work and um, right Johnny, we're going to talk about Rangers injury situation you've got a great piece on the website this morning it's linked um, in the the description, and it's obviously in all the places that you you can find it if you want to go and read it. The long and short of it is the Rangers injury situation, which in the last few weeks, I guess, the conversation of that's dried up as the likes of Yanis Hadji have come back from injury and, and and a few other players. But looking at the game at the weekend, Rangers only have Ben Davies from the summer um, going into that game in a, a real clean bill of health. Obviously, both of the January arrivals, as we discussed yesterday weren't deemed ready to start. So then, Johnny, it's no wonder that you have a team that looks like it's from seasons gone by, because it is, isn't it?
1: Yeah, look, the meme that was doing the rounds, and I've seen it a lot in the aftermath of the game, was that Rangers started with seven of the players that were in the 2019 League Cup final. Mm. And that's understandable, but if you drill into it, you start to see that there's a little bit more to the story than just a Rangers board unwilling to finance transfer moves fundamentally nine players have come in this season Josh that's a lot that that speaks of dysfunction that's too many too often rangers have gone out and signed too many players three or four that's what i you know a normally functioning club should be looking at in terms of turnover depending on how many players you're selling um but nine that's that's a lot and symptomatic of what's happened season in season out really with maybe the exception of the 55 year, Now, of those nine, one ran into that game with a, a steady build-up, and that was Ben Davies. I thought Ben Davies, I've seen some criticism. I thought he was excellent in the game. Don't think he was defensively troubled, and I thought he used the ball brilliantly. Five, six terrific cross-field balls. Um, so he looked apart, um, but he was the one that had a run at it. In terms of the rest of the players, Malik Tillman had obviously missed the previous game after picking up that injury against Ross County. You start to look at the other ones, and it's just a catalogue of issues. I think um, Antonio Cholak started the season brilliantly, but he's started one league game since, I think, November 9th. You look at Yilmaz, he's been out for a huge number of games yeah, now, I think I well over three months. We thought, we thought it would be three months. With his hamstring problem, Matondo's been out for a couple of months now. I know he's not had the greatest starts, but he's not been able to really change the narrative when he's out injured. We know about John Souter; he made his competitive debut debut at Livingston, and he hasn't played since um, for Rangers. And uh, Tom Lawrence, incredible start. I had a wee dig into the numbers: five league start, five league appearances, four of which were starts. He got. Four assists and goals, so four goal contributions. Given the numbers in terms of the amount of minutes he was playing, he was looking at a goal contribution every 69 minutes based on that that performance. Uh, now, I say in my piece this morning that that would make him sign in the decade if he'd kept that up, and he wouldn't have. He would have reverted to the yeah. mean, obviously. But even if he'd reverted to the mean, based on those numbers, Tom Lawrence was going to be a huge player for, for Rangers this season, every bit as important as someone like Jota for Celtic. And uh, he's wiped out. Now, this is a player who's not really had any injuries in his career, so it seems like just incredible bad luck. Um, but we don't know the detail of it. We don't know what's what's happened. But it's happened to so many of these nine signings. Even Ben Davis, who I'm talking about, has been available. Obviously, mm. wasn't available for quite a long time. It's 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 been really, really hard, I think, to re- evolve this Rangers side. When you've got so many injuries, and just to put it into context, Josh, looking at the seven signings that were brought in in the summer, they've only been available for forty nine percent of the league games. So, yeah. you know that that's they 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 couldn't play in those games because they're injured forty nine percent forty three percent of the time. Now, if you factor in the fact that a few games after their injury they're going to take to get up to speed, it's going to be a, a higher um, percentage for the, the amount of games that they are available when they're at it, at their, their top level so I think it's a really important issue and you look at what Michael Beale's achieved so far, 13 wins in 14 games and a draw against Celtic before the cup final I think he's actually massively overachieving with the squad that he's got and yeah. he did not have a good day he did not have a good day and we've been very critical of him on the on Rangers review uh, at the weekend but There's only so much you can do when your club is beset by such bad luck um, or whatever else may be going on behind the scenes. And I think that's the key thing for me that I'm trying to put across in this piece. Beal has to get the bottom of this because it's already cost one manager his job, this injury situation. I don't think Geo would have had Rangers nine points behind if he'd had all these players available. Um, Now... I'm just focusing here on the new signings, Josh, and the piece does go further than that. You've got to add those new signings to players that are already at the club. Kemar roof. Yeah. Philip Hellander, Ryan Jack. The club went out and bought Aaron Ramsey, a player who's had constant injury problems for the last five years of his career. It's significant. And it's a lot of money that's not on the pitch and that's in the stand. And that's one that must be addressed and must be addressed fast. Yeah. um, Another point that you raised
0: in the the piece Johnny was speaking about, obviously, kind of something we spoke about yesterday, but I've not got your take on it. The decision to not start Nico Raskin and Todd Cantwell. You obviously flagged up that one of Celtic's January signings, Alistair Alistair Johnson, who was in uh, the door, I think, quite early in the January window, was one of their standout players. You cast your mind back to the old firm last year and February the 2nd and obviously Rio Hatate, who again had signed for them in that window was a standout I, I really think looking back that is a decision that Beal will think he, he got wrong because for the I guess the the drawbacks of throwing players in at the deep end you have to look at the alternative and, and that midfield just I don't think it was, it was obvious I think to most people from the first 20-25 minutes that midfield wasn't going to win Rangers the game and I actually think Beal had I, I seen some criticism of Beal on Twitter saying, you know, he's a conservative manager. I actually don't think he has been so far because no. instead of going to a kind of conservative midfield three, a Jack Kamara, Lundstrom in these games, he's kept Malik Tillman in there. Yes, I know he didn't have a good game at the weekend, but when he's went away to to Tannadice, uh, up to Bittaudry, he he's done that in the old firm. He's done that. He's tried to get more goal scorers in the team, but maybe that was a decision, as you say, that he'll look back on and think, do you know what. Although they'd only played a couple of games, for what it's worth, I, I should have thrown them in because that team so clearly needed something fresh and new on on Sunday. And I think the frustrating thing for people is that the the new things were sitting on the bench and and ready to play if they'd been picked.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, listen, I think Beal will be open that he's he, amongst his team, and I think he'll he'll realise that he's, he he made him mistake, not necessarily in the starting lineup, Josh, because. <clears throat> Um, it's easy with hindsight to say that, um, and you, you know, a lot of listen, a lot of people were saying, including Stevie and Josh and Derek in the video mm-hmm. before the game. But I, I think that there's a justifiable reason to say these guys haven't had a lot of game time. Chucking them in for the first game, you know, it can it can break you as well as make you playing in an old firm cup final for your first game. So that 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 for me. Uh, I think there's a there's a logic there that that I can understand. For the the bigger issue for me is that there wasn't a halftime change. Yeah. John Lindstrom just looked like he was towing a caravan. He looked like he's a player who's been out for a month with an injury and has has been struggling. He didn't look mobile. And when you're going against these nimble, quick footed players that Celtic have in their midfield, they're they're all kind of they're all like that, aren't they? They're they're full of energy. They're quick feet. They're in and about. Yeah, they don't stop. Um, you need to be at your best, and and for me, that that combination of Kamara and Lindstrom, it just didn't work. A lot of people are given, um, a lot of people are given Kamara a really really hard time, and and I, and I really do understand that, Josh. For me, he just hasn't looked like he's got that full level of commitment to the cause. Um, that he's shown in the past. I think Kamara's a really good player when he's at it. Mm-hmm. But if he's not right on it, if he's not mentally sharp, then he's got a propensity to allow people to run off him. He's got a propensity to, to dilly-dally on the ball a bit at times. And I thought that the game was littered with that in midfield. And, and Celtic ultimately dominated that. And that's where the game was was won, I think. Mm-hmm. You, you, know, you had an excellent piece looking at the goals yesterday and the goals conceded and a lot of criticism. Talking about, uh, it has been talking about James Tavernier down the down the right hand side, and I don't think you know um, that's really f- a fair assessment. I think the goals came from the midfield and the lack of cover from the midfield yeah. um, at their root. So, you know, I'm not saying Tavernier cover himself in glory, you know, in terms of not being able to stop the cross at the first one, for example. But I think there's there's large there was larger issues at play there, and, and for me, the minute Raskin came on, he made an immediate difference. He was calm. He used the ball bell, He took it in tight situations. He showed a lot of energy. Cantwell didn't do particularly well, Josh. But what he offered was just a buzz bomb bit of energy. Yeah, energy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and and he was he was he was charging around. He was getting involved. He was, and it didn't come off for him. Like, Mm -hmm. but it was still stark. And you know, Jack offering that control and that experience, Raskin's Mm -hmm. energy and Cantwell's energy, and 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 it tipped the game. After that goal which came out of nowhere, and Rangers suddenly looked better. But you know, there's a there's a lot to discuss, and Michael Beal, I think, will have to hold his hands up and admit, um, even if it's internally, that that it, it wasn't quite right. I think that game was there to be won. I don't think Celtic were at their best. If you talk about their best players, Kyogo scored two goals, um, that's that's defining. But outside of those two goals, I didn't think he, he did too much in the game, caused too many problems. Um, you know, I think mostly Davies and Goldson kept an eye on his movement and, and kept him in check. Jota didn't have much to say in the game. Maida worked hard but didn't produce an awful lot. So that's their key attacking players. Um, uh, you know, their best players were Alistair Johnson, right back. Aaron Mui in midfield, Cal McGregor at the base of midfield, who was given, and this hasn't been talked about enough for me, the freedom of the park. Yeah. Alfredo Morelos is supposed to be on top of him throughout that game. Didn't get near him. Did not get near him, Josh. And that was a major problem. That was a major problem because McGregor was able to dictate the play from the, the base of midfield uh, far too easily.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a good opportunity to speak about the goals. Uh, I think on um, Rangers' limit, Celtic's, I think, zero point. 3-5 expected goals, it didn't have a lot of clear-cut opportunities, but I think I think Kyogo's role in a game like that is to maybe not be that involved, but make his impact in the way he did, which is obviously to, to win the game, and his movement in conjunction with, um, I think it was Maida for the first goal to occupy the second centre-half, and then um, Hatate's run for the second goal, allows him to get in on the blind side and 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 score, um, obviously, those two decisive moments. I'm just going to give you a few numbers, Johnny, not too many, but I think it shows a bit of the picture of the first half. And obviously, people can read this on the website. as a, de- a detailed analysis of the goals that Rangers conceded. Um, Rangers' uh, passes allowed per defensive action was 19.8 to Celtic's 5.8 in the first half. Uh, PPDA, all, all that means is that the average number of passes you allow before you try and Get the ball back or pressure, or so normally it's indicative of a side who are going to try and win the ball back more intensely. Celtic did that far more regularly. I don't think that's a bad or a good thing. Celtic are far a lot further along in their development than coglu and I think Beal set up. There was a recognition of that. Rangers, in a not dissimilar way to the New Year game, tried to play quite directly at points over the top to Sakala. I, I, I thought you saw when Goldson, there was a moment in the. First 10 minutes where Goldson twice like cleared the ball instead of passing the ball out and just dumped it up the park. And I thought that showed, okay, Rangers aren't going to try and play through Celtic Express because it is intense. And if you think back to the game, the Scottish Cup game in April, um, Rangers' first goal, it all comes from, yeah, Goldson playing that long diagonal right over the top of Celtic Express. And then um, Tavernier getting the ball across to our field. If you think of sorry, Kent's goal in the new year old firm this year, the ball over the top from McGregor to Zicala over the press. Rangers create that three v four. So I think that was a similar. There was a similar intention at the weekend. If you also look at their long pass share, um, Rangers' long pass share was I've got it somewhere in front of me, and nineteen percent to Celtic six. Again, I don't. That's not to say that they were. It was a, the wrong plan. It was bad, but I just think it shows what they were trying to do. Celtic were clearly, I think, more comfortable on the ball and trying to play through. But where it didn't work for Rangers was Sakala had a few moments one-on-one he wasn't able to take advantage of. When they do get uh, tab on on the last line um, and cut the ball back into Sakala's feet, Carter Vickers is there. I think that was only one of two moments maybe where Rangers really had settled play in the Celtic half. You have the the other moment where Ryan Kent decides to shoot in his left foot from um, quite an ambitious angle. yeah If you look at the goals that Rangers conceded, Johnny, and again, I'll I'll put the link in the description, but people can... um, read it on, on the website as well, all the usual social channels. It does start at the front. The first goal in particular, the Rangers' front three is stretched. When they were in their settled shape, I think they were able to deal with Celtics' rotations, but in those two moments, they were undone. Um, it looks really bad on John Lundstrom. I think it starts higher up the pitch. But but looking back at those goals, Johnny, d- does it change your opinion of, of who is at fault? Because for me, it's not one error, it's just a, a number of errors that that combine and mainly the structural one of the fact that the front three are out of the picture. McGregor isn't doesn't get the ball in this situation, but I think his presence alongside Hitati attracts the two midfielders, and then there's a space outside for, for Taylor to run beyond.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with everything you've said there, Josh. Um, I think uh, ultimately both goals are about the team rather than the individual, the breakdown and structure of the team. And people not, I think, following what Michael Beale would ask them to do in terms of their instructions. Um, so it's something that I think the the team is going to have to come back to the drawing board when it comes when it comes to matches against Celtic. They're going to have to look at how they've been picked apart because too many times it's it's come down the same channels, isn't it? It's too many times that's it's, it, it's been down that right flank been. Cross across the box, and Celtic do this week in week out. Mm. Uh, you know, it's all very well saying it's easier to say that we know what they're going to do than it is to say we know what we're going to do and stop it. But there has to come a time when you have to come together with a solution to matching what Celtic do. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was able to come up with it last year in the semi-final. Rangers um, more than matched them in that game and part of it was about physicality. I, I think uh, Josh watching that game yesterday, Celtic won the physical battle. Mm-hmm. And I've said this a few times, I'll say it again. Um I know it really sound like you're old dad, but it's true. Like these games often now are actually one-on-basics. They're one on tracking your man, uh, first to the ball, second balls, aggression and it's unbelievable because Celtic have a team of players and they brought in a, a huge squad that don't really have any kind of affection or, or affiliation to, to Celtic, right? So it's not like you're, you're saying, oh, well, you, they've got a load, a load of players that know what it means to win an old firm game. Um, but their, their manager is instilling that in them. And I think Rangers have a team, Josh, that is showing across now a few managers that they don't have the willingness to match those levels that Celtic are putting up. Now, Celtic's levels are incredible at the moment. You know, they're very, very high. Postecoglou is clearly a very, very good manager. And I think they're performing something like, I think I read something like seven points ahead of where they were this time last year. Something like that. Maybe, maybe more than that. I can't remember. It's, it's significant. I can't remember the exact amount. But they are outperforming what they did uh, a year ago. So it's very difficult to 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 stop that, but Michael Beale has to go and get players that can uh, that can match that level of intensity, and he has two in the midfield who have the physical yeah. capabilities to run about, and he didn't use them. And yeah. it's right that he's going to be questioned on that, and I'm sure that the the press conference on Thursday there's going to be a lot bit more detail mm-hmm. um, drilled into on his decision making process because the fans are not happy. That's that's clear. Now that happens. If, every old-firm loss. you know. I remember the fans were not happy in 2019 when Rangers had completely dominated Celtic and should have won 6-1. Um, or 6-0, actually, because the goal was offside. Um, so that that's going to accompany any defeat at this level. But there's more than that around this one. Uh, th- th- there seems to have been a lot of issues in terms of the tactics of the game, in terms of the team selection, in terms of the failure to act at half-time, in terms of the substitutes. I mean, we've not touched on Alfredo Morelos coming yeah. off. I thought my, I, I thought Alfredo Morelos had a poor game, Josh. Um, I thought he was doing the whole off-the-ball piece in terms of uh, working across the front three to shut down space for Celtic to pass to quite well. But He just doesn't seem to have the fitness to me to do that plus covering McGregor, plus getting himself forward at any opportunity or getting involved at any opportunity. Um, I don't know the the ins and outs of what's going on with uh, Alfredo Morelos, but what I do know is that he's not the player that we saw three years ago. I would absolutely Mm -hmm. argue to the death with anyone that says that he is worth a new contract at the level that he would have to be offered a new contract. Huge money for Rangers. He is just nowhere near it for me. Doesn't score anywhere near enough goals, um and he's he's just <laughs> he, he's just not fit enough. I just think it's obvious now. Rangers might come back and say you've got all this data that shows that he is fit, or he doesn't look it on the eye test. I, I don't know what you think. Uh, he, he, to me, he, just, he looks a diminished figure. And he's 26. Yeah. I, j- I just don't really understand it. Yeah, I mean,
0: you never know how much an injury affects a player and their power, or their their, their game. Um, there was a couple of moments where he won the physical battle with Carter Vickers, but I thought largely Carter Vickers got the better of him. I agree, if you're going to spend that much money on a player's contract, you need to, I think, guarantee in, in this league that they're going to score 20, goals domestically which you can't with morelos um equally i think if you take out his playmaking ability domestically you miss a lot and that can sometimes be overshadowed by a couple of goals but but i agree i don't think he looks um near what near what he can be um the the reality is you you need to move on from players at times Rangers starting 11 at the weekend i think showed that you know that starting 11 in old firms and the last year have a lot of Scars from from um, two heavy defeats. They obviously have a lot of scars from from cup competitions as well. And at a point that needs refreshing, uh, revamping, revitalising, call it what you want, needs new players in the starting eleven. Is is the is the result. Obviously, as we discussed this morning, the recruitment in, in the summer especially hasn't lended itself to uh, having a that that squad in place for the weekend for whatever reason, whether it be luck. Whether it be changes in the department, as Michael Beals kind of uh, referenced earlier, but Morelos, if he was if he was to stay, you're going to presume he's the highest earner, one of the highest earners, certainly in that top bracket. Um, you're going to presume it's a long contract because of the age he's at. He's played a lot of football for his age, Johnny. I, I don't know if that injury in some ways has impacted him. I do think the Beale's looked a lot better, you know, hearts away. Um, second half at komarnick uh, points at home games even though there's that repetitive theme of him not kind of hitting the back of the net in games w- where he should do um but be let's not forget he's also spoke about having a striker in mind that he wants to sign this summer that you know this mystery striker so presuming you take him at his words um that'll mean that someone else is is going to come in the building because. R- R- Rangers still need a, a few more Raskins and Cantwells in the summer I don't know how many off the top of my head but you're looking definitely a goalkeeper obviously Red Van Neel might will come in there there's an argument to be made about more changes in the defence um, if Glenn Kamara's to go you'll need another kind of starting central midfielder you've got a lot of players ahead of that but you don't know what's going to happen with Kent and Morelos there, there is a lot to be done in, in the summer, Johnny, and, and although Beal, I think, has been right to say in recent weeks his squad isn't as broken as people think, I think equally in these big games and these cup competitions, you're seeing these defining moments that, as a Rangers player ultimately, aren't they? Because you can win the 13 games before it, but the reaction to an old firm cup final defeat is going to be such because of the nature of it. You need, I think, more um, new players in uh, as a result of this defeat, but also the kind of circumstances
1: of the last year. Yeah, I saw an interview, Josh. I don't know if you saw it with um, Eric Ten Hag after the the win Mm, over Newcastle. He was talking about the importance of David De Gea, Casemiro um, and uh, Raphael Varane in the Manchester United dressing room. Uh, He really, really underlined the fact that those experienced players know how to win and how important that is for his overall squad. And it's quite a young squad at Manchester United. Mm -hmm. And you look around that Rangers dressing room and I've long defended... Tavernier and Goldson um, from accusations that they're not winners. Um, you know they got to fifty five, which is the most important title probably in the club's history. Um, they got to Europa League final, uh, Scottish Cup last year, obviously, and they've been good servants and good players. But you start to wonder now. It's it's been a few cup finals, isn't it? You know it's you know two thousand nineteen League Cup final. Um, this cup final the uefa cup final uh, the europa league cup final you know they managed to get across the line against hearts in extra time but um they have to puffed a little bit in that game understandably given the, the amount of games that we're, were getting played but um as a rangers player you're always going to be judged in these era defining moments and these guys just keep on coming up and I, I think they're good players and i want to defend them but how long can you keep defending failure from a Rangers player? It's really difficult because it goes against everything that the club is about. And fundamentally at Rangers, you have to have the standards that propel you from to, to defeat to victory. But it feels like there's not enough of these big victories to uh, to kind of um, back up the defense stance. Mm-hmm. and And I think that's a problem now. Be careful what what you wish for, because if if you pour out the if you put out the baby with the bathwater, you know it's a dangerous situation. And I think it'd be very very difficult for Rangers to go and get players of the similar quality to Tavernier, Goldson, and and Kent. Really, you know, if if you're looking at Ranger's success rate currently in the transfer market, and you're going to expect them to go and replace those three in the summer, good luck. You're not going to be able to do that, um, or it's going to be very very difficult. Um, not without the kind of money that an oligarch coming in would, would give, for example. So it's, it's a really tough situation. Uh, I think there'll be a, a tendency to be very angry at the moment um, and reactionary. Even, you know, Tuesday morning, it's quite a bit after the game, there's been quite a lot of hours, but in time I think there'll be a sense of calm descends and you'll start to look at the overall picture for this season. Beal's got a lot to do. And he said that, to be fair to Beal, ahead of the game. He said, it doesn't matter if we win or lose. I've still got a huge job. Mm -hmm. And he does have a huge job on his hands. There's no doubt about that. It's it's a big one. Um, But one thing he has to do, he has to get on top of this injury situation, Josh, because it's literally hundreds of thousands of pounds a week that Rangers have got sitting on the sidelines at the moment. I think that's fair to say. Um, Significant money. um, And that just can't be a situation that is allowed to repeat itself. This is one of the most robust leagues in Europe. And to survive in it, you need to sign robust players. And I think there's been too much of a propensity to go, well, I trust our medical department to get this player fit and firing. And... It hasn't happened. It really hasn't happened. And that could be down to bad luck. Um, but it's something that has to change. It has to be reviewed, root and branch. And and listen, Beal wouldn't want to be making excuses post-match, but I did notice that he was talking he did talk about injuries. And he's right to talk about injuries. And I'm not trying to make excuses for the team or for him because he made a lot of mistakes. Um, but that's the bigger picture. And unless you you drill down into that. You know, you're never going to get a successful manager at Rangers when they're carrying 10 or 11 or 12 injuries Mm -hmm. in a squad the size of Rangers with the budget the size of Rangers. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the number one most important thing on his to-do list. He needs to go through everything and find out how on earth this is happening. The club have um, a partnership with a company called Zone 7 AI. And Zone 7 AI say that they can predict 70% of injuries before they happen. It's a company that uses uh, billions of data points based on a player's metrics and training. And they'll look at how they're performing, their blood work, etc. All these all these things that, that, that go into a player's performance. And they'll basically come back and say, This player should be given a break because he's about to have an injury based on our data points. But it, it's just not worked, has it? Um if it's if it's if if that's been used properly, it's not working. So What's going on there? Um, this is the sort of question I think that has to be asked, because it, it just it can't continue at this level. And I think Michael Beale knows that himself. Hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Johnny, thanks for your time and thanks everyone for joining us. Remember, you can read uh, all the the articles that we've discussed on the website just now. Support us by subscribing just £2 for two months. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow morning for your next dose of the morning briefing. Until then, keep up to date with us on our socials and make sure to subscribe and we will speak to you tomorrow.